Welcome to our Polaris podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wibbeck, and a partner of Polaris Wealth Advisory Group. And as always, we have Jeff Powell on the line with us. Jeff, great to have you. Hey, how are you, Jeremy? Yeah, doing uh, really well. So Jeff, uh, as we come near to the end of the year, I thought it'd be great to go through a recap of what 2020 has been. And obviously, this is a year that feels like a decade. But if you could walk us through some of the things that we've gone through and also how the uh, the economy and the market respond, I think that'd be something really interesting and certainly a lot of lessons to be learned this year. Yeah, just kind of a recap on the year would be great. We're, we're kind of referring it to a, you know, a year to remember or, or perhaps a, a year to forget. Um, I think, you know, again, we've all been through so much this year that it does feel like it's been way more than a year. But if you kind of think back to where we began 2020. I mean, we were joking around about how to tie in 2020, like 2020 vision and all this other stuff, you know, being able to have, you know, good foresight of what's happening within the markets. And, you know, we certainly didn't see uh, some of what was coming until it was upon us, but, uh, you know, kind of crazy. So I guess probably the easiest thing to do would be to start off with how the year began. And so, I mean, really in, in January, we had tailwinds. We had a, a terrific uh, end of 2019. Uh, we had, had seen some drops in 2019 because of uh, the trade wars that were going on. Um, and as that sort of subsided some, we saw a really nice uh, run up between you know the tax cuts that had happened uh, earlier the year before and other things that were going on. We saw some, some nice things happening. Um, and then, you know, like we'd been hearing things about um a virus going on in in china but the chinese were pretty protective about that they had obviously uh were were taking it as seriously as they could um and they started shutting down a city that very few people i think at the time probably had heard of called wuhan um i'd heard of wuhan only because of the the fact that we have a lot of of technology companies uh that uh, have production coming out of there and so when we heard about Wuhan dropping and uh, and so on, you saw the the S and P 500 uh, retreat, uh, not because of uh, the thought that it would be a worldwide pandemic, uh, because of uh, of disruption uh, to companies like Apple and Intel and Microsoft, which all have major operations in Wuhan. Uh, so we started seeing the market start pulling back then. And so um, you know, again, as we kind of were looking at things, uh, you had things like. SARS and bird flu, and, and we've gone through this in some of the other educational pieces, looking at Ebola and Zinka virus and, and whatnot, all that have happened over the last 20 years. And really, most of those have been knee-jerk reactions. You'd seen a, a short downturn in the markets, and then you'd seen a, a recovery very quickly. So as this all was going on, yeah, we were keeping an eye on it. Uh, but to be quite honest, we did not see uh, a global pandemic on our hands. Jeff, to your point, uh, this is not the first time that we've had a, the risk of a pandemic, and yet this is the first time that it's ever had the scale that it's had uh, this go around. Um, I guess, what were the, the repercussions um, or the reactions to the market? So previously you mentioned that there were knee-jerk reactions. Obviously, this year was not a knee-jerk reaction. Well, I think that the biggest thing and, and the different of, uh, of, of COVID-19 is its incubation time period. Things like SARS and Ebola, they kill you very quickly. And so when you go into a shutdown of a particular area, which uh, went on in Africa, went on in China, 
uh, during these different uh, situations. They were able to control uh, the virus much more so because of how deadly it was uh, as much as anything else. Uh, SARS basically had a very short incubation period. If you had it, you probably were gonna die. And you know because of that, the virus killed its host and then it went away. Um, with SARS, or well, this is a SARS uh, coronavirus, but with COVID-19 to be more specific of this particular situation, longer incubation period, lower mortality rate, which is really kind of the, the key elements of why this thing went global. Uh, people didn't know they had it. A lot of people were asymptomatic about it. They, they brought it uh, to other people that then got it. Um, so what ended up happening uh, through this is the spread was going on way more than anybody was really kind of considering it to be happening. And so as, you know, again, they were sh uh, shutting down uh, Wuhan or had already shut it down, uh, what most people didn't realize is that the coronavirus was spreading already. And by late February, uh, February 19th was when the markets peaked. Um, and then a couple of smaller down days. And then the weekend came. And over the weekend, it was broadcast that, that COVID-19 had spread to over 30 countries. Um, and again, while it wasn't big numbers, it was very obvious that this had not been contained. And the market started just a free fall. And so you're saying, what was the reaction? Well, we had a 23-day drop in the marketplace. Of that 23 days, only five were up enough to give you head fakes and give you some some hope that the markets were going to stop their free fall at that point uh but they were just head fakes and so we saw from really february 19th until march 24th when the uh, uh u.s congress both the senate and the house passed the cares act and uh that's when the markets stopped their free fall but in that we saw uh, you know our country shut down we saw the largest drop in gdp history um, we saw over a 9% drop in GDP in just a quarter, which is unfathomable. Um, again, when you look at things like the Great Depression, um, the Great Depression, the worst year was down 12% over the course of a year. We did 9% in a single quarter. We've thrown another almost 3% on top of that uh, in the second quarter. It'll be interesting to see where we're going to roll out for fourth quarter, but, uh, um, but it's been a tumultuous time period. We saw unemployment go up to 14% almost overnight uh, in the midst of this drop. Um, and as I said, the drop was the fastest 30% drop in market history. It was faster than the Great Depression. Uh, you know, when we talk about the market crashes in 29 and the crash in 87, yeah, they were bigger one-day moves, um, but this was the fastest drop from high to low to get to 30%. The S&P, uh, dropped a total of 34% uh, from from high to low. I mean, it was just really uh, quite amazing. What's been interesting, you mentioned the CARES Act um, that passed on March 24th, um, or at least became widely known, and markets started recovering. It really never looked back since. And that's probably the thing that's been the most surprising in speaking with uh, clients and prospective clients is that the market never came back down. In fact, uh, if anything, uh, it's risen more than I think what a lot of people would have expected. Um, why is that? Because we're not out of the pandemic yet. We certainly are in what's for most areas one of the, the worst waves of this pandemic, and yet the market continues on. What's going on there? 
Yeah, I mean, the the thing to keep in mind with with some of the the market movements, uh, and it has been surprising. I, we've written about the fact that seventy percent of the time, when you have a waterfall, watershed, whatever you want to call it, drop in the market, uh, historically seventy percent of the time, uh, if there's a rally, the rally fails, and the markets actually go lower than they were. So when the market started to recover in March and, and April, we were cautious about it. Uh, and they have gone straight up from there. Um, the recovery was really a work from home, play from home, large cap growth uh, dr driven marketplace. There are still plenty of areas of the stock market that have not recovered. You can look at a lot of the financials, you can look at a lot of the industrials, uh, look at energy companies. They None of those areas have, have really fully recovered. Uh, so this is a very narrow large cap growth recovery that we saw um, really, you know, at first in the first month was a trajectory that you could not imagine. And then a slow recovery from there uh, really to where we are today, which you know, basically up about 14% for the year uh, is pretty remarkable given everything that was going on. Uh, the thing that we also have to kind of add into all this in the midst of the recovery is we had uh, the whole George Floyd, Black Lives Matter aspects to, to to deal with where we had certainly plenty of, of good reason for peaceful marching and so on, but it also sparked civil unrest. I mean, and when you've got people burning down buildings and looting and other things, I mean, that's uh, pretty scary stuff. And you saw that nationwide. I mean, so we got in, in the midst of all this stuff, we've got a pandemic going on. We've got a social distancing and a lockdown of our economy. Um, we've got a spread of a, a, a virus that we really were trying to get our arms around. Uh, you had a, I think, fairly natural reaction to um, police brutality. But what ended up happening with that is it sparked additional COVID cases uh, throughout the country due to the protesting that was going on. Um, so again, we had seen uh, the initial wave of COVID hit. And then we started to see a remarkable recovery from that. And then, you know, protesting started going on. We saw a, a second wave happen. And now with Thanksgiving and so on, we're seeing obviously uh, an unparalleled uh, third wave of COVID hitting our country right now. The reason for the upside, well, A, we have now two, maybe three vaccines that look very, I mean, two that have been approved by the FDA, another couple that are looking very promising uh way above where levels that we were hoping for it to be i mean when we talk about having a flu shot you're talking about typically a 55 60 percent accuracy to this uh the the stuff that's going on with uh, pfizer and also with uh moderna is pretty remarkable the mrna uh technology that they've got is just really uh tremendous they both went about it uh, in a very similar way with 95% uh, effectiveness to uh, combating COVID-19. So I think really what we're talking about is um, people are looking out 12 months, 24 months to where their markets may be. Um, and that's what's driving this market. It's not that economically we're doing phenomenally well, we are recovering. Uh, but again, we keep on you know, opening up and having to shut back down because of COVID. Um, and it's just going to be a, a lot more rocky, I think, than most people are giving it expectations for for 2021. That certainly makes a lot of sense. And, and I think the part that's 
the most difficult, at least from an intuitive or a gut level, is to kind of look at where things are headed. And I recognize a lot of times that's what the market's pricing in and not necessarily looking at the, the problems or the troubles that you're in now. But um, yeah, certainly uh, the next uh, 12 months are going to be very interesting with the, uh, the vaccine rolling out. Jeff, normally with a market recovery, right, there's different waves of recovery as well. So certainly we saw that in 2008 where there's uh, different types of securities that did uh, that perform differently during the various stages of the recovery. Are we going to see something similar to uh, that with the recovery of this market as well? It's going to be a very interesting 12 months, I think. Um, one of the things that you were talking about, and I think that it's it's an important one to kind of think about, uh, not only with what's going to be going on for next year, but also what has gone on uh, so far this year. Um, there's different ways of, of throwing it out. I mean, analogies or uh, metaphor or whatever else you want to sit there and throw uh, to the equation. But uh, we talk about, you know, if you're a quarterback, do you throw where the, uh, where the wide receiver is or do you throw it to where you want them to be, you know, you, you lead your wide receiver with a pass. You talk about, you know, skating to where the puck will be, uh, you know, someone passing you a puck playing hockey are going to pass it out in front of you. So that's the same thing with, with investing. You, you got to think ahead. Uh, you got to be putting something out in front of you, not to where you are uh, in, in the market. So we got to be thinking about what's ahead for us much more so than where we think that things are at the moment. Uh, recoveries are, uh, and we've talked about this a few times, recoveries historically are um, started by one segment of the market and then that tires out and then another segment of the marketplace picks up the, the slack and carries the market further up. As we've seen so far this year, uh, really the markets have been driven by technology. Uh, you can call it technology in, in different ways. I mean, within consumer discretionary, for example, there's a who's and who's not. And you've got companies like uh, Amazon and consumer discretionary that have done phenomenal. Target, another consumer discretionary company, Home Depot, uh, that have done very well. And then you've got other areas that have just gotten absolutely destroyed. Um, you know, a lot of the big box stores have gotten destroyed. You're now starting to see a lot of those recovering. Like a, a Nordstrom's would be a great example of a company that we don't own uh, that has recovered very nicely. Um, and so, again, when we're looking at this, what areas are looking good? Um, and again, there are several segments of the market that we are uh, adding to, to our portfolios. I'm, I'm going to make it a teaser and say that you're going to have to come to our webinar in January to really kind of hear the full amount of it. But what we really want to be thinking is, think of it strategically and think of it as, uh, as playing chess. You, you got to be thinking multiple steps ahead. And you can't be looking at what's going on with the board right now. You got to be thinking about what's going on going forward. So we've got a runoff election in early January that can have an impact on the markets. We obviously have um, a presidential uh, inauguration in January. Uh, obviously, the hope is for a smooth transition of power there. Uh, that could be uh, something that throws the markets for a little bit of a loop. And then really, to me, uh, without getting into, again, the specifics of where we're planning on investing, but looking at the rollout of the vaccines, uh, both by Moderna as well as with Pfizer, uh, if we're looking at it from that kind of context, if they don't roll out properly, then we don't have our population immune uh, systems. And so we're really looking for having a herd immunity. A herd immunity means 75% of our population or more needs to be uh, immunized. Uh, 
And so really we cannot get back to life as normal, if that's what we want to call it, uh, until we see a, a full immunization of our population, or at least at levels that will uh, knock it down. Because herd immunity is kind of what we were talking about earlier with, with SARS. I mean, if you get enough people that are immune to getting COVID-19, then it dies off. And so we may see, still see it rear its ugly head again in uh, you know, wintertime, or it might be our new flu or something along those lines. So we may have to be getting inoculated more often uh, for COVID-19, but at least we have something that's 95% effective. We just need to get the, the we got to get it rolled out. And so those are going to be the things I think that are going to really influence 2021. And we've got, again, some political turnover uh, that needs to happen early into the year uh, smoothly. We get through that. And then we have really a, how do we distribute? How do we get people uh, immunized and you know get them out there, get them done and move forward. And so those are the types of things uh, that will get us back to a life as we know it. Um, until then, you know, all bets are off. I think that's that's a great point um, I, on various levels where uh, earlier you mentioned that there are still areas of the market that have not recovered. And that's probably one of the, uh, the most exciting things about 2021 is that this party is not over yet. Um, and the fact that there's a good segment of the market that's done quite well and another segment that hasn't uh, done quite as well um, by making proper tactical shifts means that there's a, a ton of opportunity in 2021 to take advantage of. And just something that I'm looking forward to listening are your, your remarks and forecasts for 2021. Do you mind sharing just a little bit more information? How are people going to be able to, uh, to listen to that? So, I mean, obviously we are uh, doing webinars on a quarterly basis now. And so uh, we will be sending out to our clients uh, an invite to it. We'll also have uh, the ability on uh, PolarisWealth.com, uh, the ability to also sign up. So if you are not a client uh, and you uh, are not on our current distribution list and want to, we'll have uh, the ability to, to sign up uh, for the webinar uh, and have that you know, kind of a save the date type of uh, situation uh, for people um, probably early into the, the new year uh, is when we'll have to save the date. We'll probably uh, push the uh, the event itself out into kind of mid to latter part of January just to uh, to let everybody get the holidays underneath them and, and kind of move forward from there. Uh, so we'll, we'll make it clear to everybody that, that what's going on uh, and make it available to, to anybody that wants to, to listen to it. All right, perfect, Jeff. Once again, something uh, to look forward to. So well, with that, Jeff, uh, any last uh, remarks that you have before we uh, wrap up for today? Well, I mean, I think that, like you said, I'm excited for next year. I mean, obviously, you know, I want to put 2020 behind us. It's definitely been a, a year that has been uh, stressful for all. Um, you know, the, I think different people have handled it in different ways. Uh, but really, to your point, you know, even within uh, the markets, there are certain areas that I think are going to be more tired than others that have already had their run up that are priced to perfection. And if they don't uh, provide perfection in the way of earnings that they're, you're gonna see some weakness in the areas of the market that had once been strong, but there are huge opportunities out there um, and stuff that we're very excited about taking advantage of in the upcoming year. We, we think that we can have a very strong year from a, a, a performance standpoint, even if the markets themselves on a index level don't necessarily reflect that. Yeah, 
Well, perfect, Jeff, and really appreciate your time and expertise. And so to everyone uh, with us, happy holidays. Have a uh, wonderful and safe uh, holiday season and look forward to uh, speaking with you next time. Yeah, happy holidays, everybody. Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, is a federally registered investment advisor. The information, statements, and opinions expressed in this material are provided for general information only and are subject to change without notice. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security, and is not intended as individual or specific advice. It should not be construed as investment, legal, or tax advice. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice. Polaris Wealth does not offer professional, legal, or tax advice. All information contained herein is believed to be accurate, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss. Investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. No advice may be rendered by Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, unless a client service agreement is in place.